0: Hello and welcome to opening the gates to more listings for estate agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. James Kendall. James, thank you very much for joining me.
1: No, mate, it's a pleasure. I'm honoured to be asked on this podcast that I've listened to for the last five episodes at this recording
0: point. Whilst you're on holiday.
1: Whilst I was on holiday, mate, yeah. uh, Whilst I was getting the kids in the pool. Anyway, no one wants to hear about that. But anyway, um, kids in and out of the pool. Oh look! There's a new episode. Episode number five's out. Yeah, go on in. we'll have a listen to that.
0: And out of those five episodes you've listened to, what's the biggest takeaway you've had?
1: Uh, well, there wasn't any Chinese on holiday, so uh, we had to have the buffet. <laughs> 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 you knew, you knew something like that was going to come out. Oh, no, um, the biggest, the biggest takeaway. Um, do you know what? It, it, <sighs> I can't think because i suppose who is there you put me on the spot now and i suppose there's little bits that you can take from everyone yeah. um the last guy um damien um that i listened to he he was obviously big on social media um you had steven there you had sam like, i'm a big fan of sam like everything that that he does um yeah, do you know what, I can't pinpoint anything in particular because you put me on the spot now, but like there there has been something actionable, um, yeah. like even the withdrawn data, Um, you know, I'm a big fan of buyer campaigns, so there's been, I mean, this kind of I suppose cemented a lot of stuff that I already know, Yeah. but then also equally, like, you know, I could see how a lot of other people could get value out of that but you know as you like to famously say mate it's is it self-development or shelf development so you've got to implement credit. it
0: i'm not taking credit for that i've rip, ripped off and deployed that <laughs> brand and others but but it's true um and i like that you say there's actual value in each episode because that's we've had this discussion discussion previously about you know listening to a podcast a state agency-led podcast you want to come away with it with some actionable value that you can go implement in your business, or it might be something you already know. And you know, actually I need to start doing that again. And that leads nicely into, and it's going to sound very like pluggy for home search, but you mm. WhatsApp me the other day, having had some amazing results from on behalf of buyer campaigns, which of course you could I do did, yeah. different platforms. It would perhaps cost a lot more time, money, energy, et cetera. But you were yeah. like, why did I stop doing this stuff a few months ago?
1: Well, yeah because we, we we've been doing this together for probably what, 18 months yeah if not longer
0: I mean you know and like it's one a of those... lot it feels like a lot longer but yeah
1: <laughs> uh, but but yeah I mean you know 18, 18 months ago um you know the famous James clear letter as we love to call it um I' got that was that was what I was gonna say to you um maybe off air but we'll say it now anyway the um, indirect plug with the Sam episode. With the buyer campaign, with the James Clear letter, um, yeah, I mean that—that's—that's. That's, I think was it you that introduced me to. I think I'd—I'd I'd, uh, listened to Atomic Habits, but I think it was you that told me about the email.
0: Pro- yeah, quite possibly. Um, I think yourself and Matt Bulldock. I—I had said. You got to get on to James Clear, and I think I actually asked both of you to subscribe and sign up because if I got two people signed up, it gave me access to something else. With ah, there you go. <laughs>
1: you gonna abuse but, me. <laughs> but, well,
0: you know, but there's there's so much value to be had from him, and yeah, he does those weekly emails, and as you said, that that James Clear letter. I remember, you know, we went through it. And we're like that, literally is describing the market at the moment, where you got mm. all these people who want to move home and you know they see only 1% actively for sale and they think they can't have the rest of it um yeah. but actually you could open up the doors potentially for people there and what what are the latest results for 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 the campaign sort of write it- this down actually i did actually write this
1: down so as it stands um we've yeah we've we've spoken to six homeowners um the minimum value of that the homeowner is 920,000 the maximum value is 1.5. So, added them all together really quickly is about seven and a half million pounds worth of uh, properties there.
0: Okay. So, seven and a half million pounds worth of properties that you have gone out or going out to appraise or had conversations with. And that's off so the I've, back. I've seen
1: three. I've seen... I've seen three. And I'm speaking to another three. I think it was eight calls altogether. So, really to confuse things, eight calls. Six meaningful conversations, and then I've actually been to C three. One one of it, which I went to today, um which was uh one point two five. um
0: And you weren't just writing, "I'm James Kendall, I'm amazing, I'm going to do a discounted fee, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah." You were doing... no, we said we can sell your house as well.
1: <laughs> no. We sell houses.
0: No. <laughs> That's just quite a good campaign, isn't it? Just literally send that. Yeah, <laughs> sell houses. Tell them, tell five hundred
1: pounds off fee. Um. No, so no, yeah, so to, to go jump back in, um, yeah, so you know it's about um, specific buyer campaigns and making sure that, um, and again, I think Damien touched on this in the last one. And like I say, you know, I don't want to give everything away, but at the same time, this is what this is about: delivering value to to people, um, and specific buyer, it's, it, and it's all about being hyperlocal—the scattergun approach of the '90s. Just simply doesn't work, does it? You know, the bottom line is the paper's dead, print is not dead, direct mail is is fantastic, but utilized in the correct way, in the correct manner. Um, and it's got to be hyper local and it's got to be hyper relevant, I think, is another thing as well. It's got to be relevant because, you know, how many times do you get takeaway leaflets through your door? How many times do you get a state agent leaflets through your door? You know, how often do you get a specific letter to you talking about you and your house? Um you know so I think yeah it, you've got to be hyper local hyper local and hyper relevant
0: and how how are you so hyper local you know you've said about uh doing direct mail campaigns um when you say hyper relevant, what can you elaborate on yeah, that? so you've
1: got you've got to be specific so you know it's all good saying we've got someone that wants to buy a house yeah um you know <laughs> cool story you're an estate agent well yeah. done um but how how does that fit in and um you know stories sell don't they i just listened to um uh the latest plug for another podcast but just listened to another podcast between uh phil jones and chris watkin and they were talking about um how stories sell and i'm a firm believer in that and to, to how that kind of correlates to what we're talking about now telling the story of who wants to buy, who is interested in potentially buying their house. You know, one we've just run um, recently really successfully is about um, a couple looking to move their parents in with them. Yeah. So, you know, they're looking to live in this area um, within, you know, two miles. So there's only really, I think 130 houses or something that were identified. Um, they're looking to move within this area. Um, this is what they're looking to do. We've identified your house because it's got X, Y, and Z. And, um, but then I've also, you know, also kind of caveat that and say like it might not be quite right for them, but, you know, please keep holding this letter if you know someone that is considering selling that maybe hasn't received it. So, you know, people get that letter. yes, you know, 130 letters, 130 odd letters to get eight responses. I mean, that's that's incredible.
0: We've had worse days, Rodney. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this time next year.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, no, Um, I think I just wanted you to really kind of emphasize that point because, we we kind of go straight to to sellers don't we but actually it's like most sellers are tending to start as a buyer and they're very you mm. know i love tom panos saying you know there's no such thing as oh, i love that guy in real estate it, i love that guy i could listen to him all day tom panos i thought you meant me then okay um but no and he, you mate and you but he but he you know when i first came across him a few years ago i thought this guy's utterly crazy like he he i think he is crazy he's crazy (laughs) but but actually his energy is infectious and and he you know i think he just keeps coming out with you said earlier relevant content like he's not being i mean i know he does his options to sound australian and not offend sam when he's listening but he does his options but he's not an estate agent or real estate agent anymore but he's so very much still involved in it isn't it like he's passionate as well
1: yeah. You know, again, not plug for another podcast. I'm really sorry, I'm not trying to take people away from yours, but like Million Dollar Agent like John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Tom Panos, like I've been listening to that podcast for about eighteen months. And it, you know, I don't know you've got your line of questioning because I've listened to the other um <laughs> the other thing. But but like that's just one, like that guy, like, I do I, I find again not just want to talk about Tom Panos I find that guy incredible because like you know if you've done your research on the guy he would had like stage four cancer like twice yeah or three times maybe and beating it and like you listen to his story um I can't remember which podcast it was on I think it might have been with Sam and Phil on that podcast where or another another podcast I can't remember but he was on a podcast with someone and the doctor said to him you've got stage four cancer um and it's not looking good and he said right what's the percentage of, of of me surviving and he was like the doctor was like, i don't know five percent he goes well so what's that one in 20 so i've got one in 20 chance of surviving like i am not the same as everyone else and that that whole mindset of i just found really really infectious that's why i follow the guy and i you know i think he's um not just a great uh trainer but i think a great example of a determined human being as well
0: yeah definitely and i think on on what you said there i'm going to probably get this slightly wrong but he's basically you know in every problem there's a solution but there's going to be the the mm. glass half empty person who finds a problem in every solution 100%
1: and as he as he says you know and he's okay, I sound like tom panos fanboy here but like you know my current situation's not my final destination i think he yeah. did a a thing with um uh, david goggins is it david goggins
0: the um, can't hurt me guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did a, a thing with him. And I think, you know, sometimes I always kind of refer back to that. It's another quote that I kind of refer back to in that, you know, if I'm like today, I've had a pretty shit day, stuff's happened, but, you know, you've got to take the highs and the lows don't with, with the industry. You know, another day you will sign up three million pounders and they'll all sell for over the asking price. And, you know, you are thinking the bollocks, but, you know, another day, Free sales will fall through, and you'll feel like the worst guy in the world. But
0: you know, it is what it is. To, to to quote Tom Panos again, he says, "You go to the heights of exhilaration to depths of depression in in seconds in this industry." Yeah, and that's very true. Sum that off. Sum that up perfectly. Look, I'm not having to really ask many questions here, James, because you, you're answering the questions. <laughs> so let's just go. Let's just go back through a few of them. So you mentioned uh, Tom Panos, million dollar agent. It's like probably a few hundred episodes. It's been going for like over half. Yeah. A so for any agents listening to this who haven't already listened to Million Dollar Agent, go just binge it. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, they've started getting back to recording. And, Consistency uh, now, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Carmen yeah. Gates comes along, does a few podcasts, and they start getting back to being consistent. I've got, <laughs> uh, I've got one listener in Australia, actually. Um, but, yeah, he probably has to listen to it, to be fair. Um, but a Million Dollar Agent, uh, yeah, very good podcast. Um, you've mentioned um phil so phil and sam put out some great content um with uh, yeah. their podcast as well um world-class agency podcasts sam pays me every of time course it, so got to mention that of course i've been on there
1: as well <laughs> they, they were <laughs> scratching around for
0: guests that week <laughs> <laughs> those, those those podcasts aside is there is there any others um that you'd recommend
1: um, I'm just having a look. Like, I'm just having a look through my. Um, I mean, out of the industry, I tell you what. I tell you yeah. what. I am going to throw you. Uh, I'm going to throw you again. It, there's a. There's a. There's a couple actually, if that's all right. Um, yeah. Of uh, you know me, rule breaker. So, um, obviously, th- there's the cliche ones everyone loves. Um, so, Diary of your C- If you're out of the industry, Diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett. Yeah. I don't. I don't love every episode of that. I have got to admit, not all of them. Um, now, the next one I'm going to say to you as well. There, there's, there's there's two, and they're both called the same thing. One high performance by Jake Humphrey and um, Damien... Hughes. Hughes, the same graph. <laughs> Hughes, um, and then the Josh Fegan one. Yeah, high performance as well. I really like that. Four minutes every yeah. episode.
0: I I think the Australian. Yeah, I mean, the Aussies, bloody Aussies. Um, but actually, you've mentioned Million Dollar Agent. You've just mentioned High Performance of Josh Feegan. I think it's Alexander Phillips. Um, yeah. Those two podcasts, when I've asked a question, I don't actually think have come up yet or haven't haven't come oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah, I really don't think so. And this is, um, you know, I was getting a bit... I was struggling for guests, you know, 30-something episodes in and James Kendall had to pop up, so uh yeah um i think about 30 ish episodes and i don't think they've been mentioned and again uh josh vegan another uh we've mentioned james clear with a weekly email i subscribe to josh vegan's daily emails
1: yeah it's like it's
0: utterly ridiculous if you think you know we've both done all the training out there over the years right and there's some fantastic yeah paid for training paid for content and i know you're 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 a big fan and investor in 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 those kinds of things, but it is utterly ridiculous how much free content is out there in this. And oh, no. we've just mentioned Million Dollar Agent, Josh Vegan there, James Clear Emails, um, the other podcast we mentioned. You literally you're learning every single day, 30 minutes, undivided attention. Oh mate, I am, there. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I think John McGrath or Tom Panser called it like a podcast, for example, is a university on wheels.
1: Yeah, I and think- you and you earn what you learn as John McGrath says
0: I mean we're getting so many (laughs) but but they're cliches for a reason you do like you do remember them um uh so I mean tomorrow morning I'm doing the uh Daniel Spencer masterclass Stephen Brown uh has got on and Daniel Spencer I think it was two years ago um I attended that masterclass I think you might have I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I've done the, the the other two before as well. Yeah. And the the thing that he said, and I I screenshot the slide and I've used and abused the hell out of it, but every home is on the market. It's just the more motivated ones that have a for sale sign outside. And that leads to James Clear, best properties are rarely for sale. Like it's, I think, look, you've been in the industry a long time now and you've seen it shift and you like, good old-fashioned traditional estate agency yeah order making not order taking Mm -hmm. and what 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 are you seeing on the coalface right now you're seeing that shift in market as tom panels is saying it's going from nuts to normal do you think there's going to be the 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 better agents are going to show show themselves now
1: it's weird it's weird because on some on some we do you know the honest answer is i don't know I, i two weeks ago i thought I could say, yeah, you know, oh, you know, things are starting to slow down a bit, and things aren't going as crazy, and this, that, and the other. And we're we're quite lucky in that, you know, as much as you know, I'm told that I should specialise and niche my area, you know, and try and do a certain type of property or this, that, and the other. We we do three hundred to the most expensive one we've had in recent times is three million. So, but what we're seeing is is that you know, if you get the price really wrong. In the beginning the market knows and you don't get the interest but if you put a good house on in a good area if you want so going back on myself here a little bit and I realize I'm bumbling a little bit but um mumbling um not bumbling same thing um <laughs> the the houses that that so they're not so sexy houses that were flying out the door when the demand was super duper yeah. high like I guess earlier on in the year kind of post covid you know, the houses where the kitchen needed doing, but it was going for the same price as maybe a house that didn't be doing. Those houses are the ones that are taking a little bit of a hit. But you get something good and sexy in a good area. People are, This weekend, for example, this weekend and last weekend, there was two houses out of probably six that we listed. And they were both around late threes. Both went for well over four. And both we showed, I think, it took 14 people through each house. And we could have probably shown double that so the honest answer is is there part of a slowdown i guess in some in some ways there is but um i don't know i guess maybe maybe we we try and move with the market um mm-hmm. and always try and another cliche coming price to entice anyway so <laughs> should call it the cliche show yeah, uh, james cliche um but yeah so I don't know. Will it, do I think it will change? Uh, yes. You know, do I think it will shift? Yes, I do think it will. But as it stands, it hasn't at the moment. Um, you know, cost of living, that's obviously changed. That, that's really going to hit people in December when people's fixed tariffs runs out and the price cap changes. And um, the interest right rate. Well, <laughs> oh, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. And then also the um, the interest rate rises. I mean, there's another good podcast Again, probably giving away one of my little secrets. But um it's property related but it isn't like an industry uh podcast there's one uh called the property podcast by two guys by rob rob bentz i think it is and yeah. somebody else um but they they meet more geared to like investors but what they do come out with every week because they, they release a podcast every week uh, or two podcasts every week one with talking about the market and one talking about um questions that get asked by people and What is good is for someone like me um, that likes to try and keep the finger on the pulse. There was one episode that came out a little while back and I was listening to it on the way to uh, an appraisal with somebody. And they were talking about the amount of um, money that had just been pumped in, the amount of quantitative easing and what that meant and what that looked like for the market. And I literally walked into that valuation and, and the guy works in banking and i literally sat there and i could could have timed any better and i'm like yeah well you know just pump 240 billion into the uh, 240 million into the, the economy haven't they with qe and, they, and it's like oh yes yes yes. and i'm like it doesn't get too deep because they got <laughs> um but but you know what i mean it's it's it, but you know i knew enough based on that podcast to kind of to keep me going but you need to know your shit um and you know in all aspects and be out be out to know what so you can advise your clients properly yeah. uh, moving forward, you know, what that road might look like in a year's time, because yeah. you always meet people on a daily basis that say, oh, you know, we don't know if we should sell now, we'll sell next year. Um, so we well, look, we know what's in front of us now. This is what could happen because of X, Y, and Z. Um, I met up with a, a potential seller earlier today as well. Um, they said, look, we really want to put our place on the market. Um, and, I, and I said, look, uh, you know, what have you done about your mortgage? You know, standard question. Oh, we spoke to someone. Oh, when did you, uh, that was my next question. When did you last speak to somebody? Oh, we spoke to them about three months ago. Mm. So before you do anything, um, before we put the house on the market and you decide what, because they made an offer on a house and this, that and the other. And I said, speak to your mortgage advisor again and just give him a ring, you know, today when I've gone and, and let us know, you know, what, what he says, because I think you might find things have, have probably changed. And um, she literally rang me up literally an hour before we're, we're due to meet here and talk today. And she's like, I'm so glad that you you rang me. Like, it's like a £325 a month difference now, more expensive um, for me to get. The, well, the product I want isn't available anymore. So asking the right questions. And I could have saved everyone a lot of heartache then, yeah. a lot of misery. And, um, so, yeah, there we go. Anyway, uh, sorry, that, what
0: was the question? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I stopped listening to you about five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> uh, I, out. I think that, no, the kit, the the, the kit, there's lots of key points, but that last bit there of the advice you gave and that 300 ish quid a month from the mortgage, which they wouldn't have been aware of because of the experience you've got, the advice you gave and whatnot. And immediately I'm just thinking, well, if that person is now having a state agency related conversations with their sphere of influence, you know, friends, family, work, colleagues, your name mm. is gonna come up in a very positive light because mm. The estate agency industry we, we chat about this a lot it's it's not looked upon uh kindly so it's just thinking no. you know, out to to get it sold get it quicker and your commission and and move on so that that advice is essentially the customer service you've given is is free marketing isn't it Cause you're letting your mm. customer be your marketer
1: that's true absolutely yeah and that, that's the other thing going back to the industry i heard again i heard it to quote another podcast as well the problem with our industry is that mediocrity is accepted isn't it
0: yeah,
1: upside down photos, you know, spelling mistakes, not turning up for viewing, you know, it's it's just not you. I don't know. We have we haven't got the prestige that say a doctor has, yeah, or you know, a dentist or you know, a solicitor. And there is all there's plenty of you know people that do those professions that aren't great at what they do, but you know,
0: <laughs> we get in trouble for saying that, but whatever. Um, but, but it's I'm- true. But from what you said there, I was uh, on a training call earlier with an agent and we're looking at ways in which they can sort of level up their business generation. They've got bogged down with sales chasing fingers being off the pulse and we're running through different campaigns and we looked at on market and I basically said sort of Gary V kind of thing. I was like, Look, if you're sending out your automated letters at key intervals, that's your jab, jab, jab. Like that's your brand awareness. But you've got to do something a bit different as your, you know, that right hook and that response marketing. And mm. literally went on to Right Move, typed in the area uh, they operated in. It was quite a nice market. And the first four or five listings, so obviously Right Move default uh, setting, it was highest price first. The first two properties, which were multi million pound properties, uh, didn't have video tours. Wow. come on to that in a second uh one uh i can't remember what the other it was the 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 pricing was the old 99p kind of analogy mm. and yeah it, it was just like i said to him i was like you just go out and knock on their door or send them a really specifically worded letter offering help and advice and service on how they could better increase their chances of selling i was like if you're not getting responses from your automated direct mail, that's because you are one of several who are just Mm. out roughly the same thing. It's like, if you want to be different, you just got to go knock on that door or send a specific letter, whatever it be. Um, But just before I um, lose my train of thought video, can you talk to us about video and what a big impact that's had on, on your business and particularly getting more upper quartile properties as well?
1: Yeah, hundred percent so i mean we went i went i wanted to go big on again this is another thing shelf development um about eight and a half years ago i had this great idea that we were going to do um jka tv i did all the marketing for it got it out there but never actually did any content um because a new video i'd read all this thing you know video is going to be the big thing on social media blah, 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 obviously turns out it was right um but then you know originally when um so we we work in a we're, we're an agency but we also have a couple of area partners as well so that do um obviously different parts as you know um and we really kind of got it off the ground with 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 rich in the beginning who covers sort of only lavender area and um you know i said to him look because we, we kind of sat down and had a chat and he was like look you know what we need to do is he was quite old school bless him and he'll admit this now like you know, we need to do an advert in in the local rag and, you know, people are going to call us up because of that. And I'm like, they're not, you know, we need to be there on Google. All right, yeah, maybe there's an argument for Google. I was like, what we need to do is hammer social media with video content for people in that area. Um, And he was like, okay, cool, let's do it. So we got, we walked, he door knocked, um, door knocked, it wasn't really a door knock, but he walked onto a site in Lavendon which is uh, just up the road from where you are. Is that are, how that came about? The old stoneyard, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he literally walked onto site uh, like Rich and um spoke to the developer and said, Oh, you know, I live up the road, blah, blah, blah. You know, I can sell you around, so i am an agent. He was like, oh, I've got two agents already, the guy that sold me the land, another one I know. And he was like, Yeah, but you know, we're we we're, we're doing video marketing and we're doing this, that, like literally and the guy was like literally to the point where he was like, Look fucking <laughs> Anyway, he went, he went back the next day and he was like, look, trust me, you know, I would we'll definitely sell this. Um, and he said, look, you know, I'll, all right, I'll give you a chance. Uh, we didn't get any right move listings at first. It was just, if you're that confident in your videos, then, you know, let's see what happens. Anyway, so we did our first videos. It, it was dreadful. I watch it back on Instagram now. I think I might delete it, actually, but I should have <laughs> left it on there. But literally there was no microphone. The sound quality was awful. Um, it was on a an, an old, not old iPhone, because it's only about three and a bit years ago now. But um, the audio was crap. But like you said earlier, mate, done beats perfect. You know, at the end of the day, I could have strived for perfection for years and got nowhere. Um, so we did our first video um, and then we literally, we put some money behind it. Facebook and Instagram were the only two platforms really we concentrated on back then. Um, and yeah, literally all shared into the local groups. And then yeah, people started noticing. We got inquiries from Facebook, um, and then one thing led to another. Uh, you know, then the, the builder was like, you know, where are all these people coming from? they are like, Facebook. You know, we're getting all these people that come into, because they'd had them on Right Move. They did the typical thing where agents take the CGIs, yeah, or half built house like on Right Move with a load of Harris fencing around it or yeah. whatever you call it, um, and shove it on Right Move. You know, seven hundred grand. Oh yeah, please buy me now. Said no one ever. Um so then walking around the site and talking about the site and where it was, people were actually watching the content on Facebook and engaging. And we sold a house. We sold one of the houses straight off Facebook. And the guy was like, how are you doing this? And he was like, look, I'll give you the site. You can sell everything on the site. You can write me, whatever. Anyway, lo- long story short, um, I made a commitment back then. Every video that we record from then on in had to be 1% better than the last one. Love that. Just 1% because li- li- I, I was reading um i can't remember what book it was at the time or listening to it but it was just about um marginal gains might have been royston guest's book about marginal gains anyway but uh, put it put it aside um one percent better every time so then i noticed that sound quality was crap so i researched sound quality for video and then so then we ended up getting a um lapel mic plugged in to the phone and then uh, that then things improved on that, and then it was, oh let's let's record it on a better phone, get I so invested in the top of the line phone. And then before you then you know it, people start noticing what you're doing and you're getting yeah. a bit of a following on social media. You start to get to know what you're doing with Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And then before you know it, people are approaching you, you know, whereas previously before we were dealing with three, four five, six hundred thousand, yeah, people at seven, eight, nine hundred million plus are now going, yeah, well, these guys, uh, these guys are killing it and no. i want i want that for my house yeah when the agents that are available in in their area or their end of the market so, yeah. so to speak are only offering the kind of pro photographer package and the matterport which you know everyone's been doing for about eight years and people don't really like using yeah so that's how you know we slowly got into that and then it was kind of i, I then wanted to do the best of everything so um with the video so that our videographer that we use for the high end stuff so the the social stuff we do on our phone for kind of your three four five hundred grand yeah. is all done on the phone believe it or not secret alert um and then the big boy stuff my the guy that we use does like filming work for Sky and like films footballers he, he's the Mac daddy but he what, is to get what, him to do a video
0: he's like, was he was he at Ellen Road Yesterday, sorry, mate. You're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so... you're very
1: cocky for someone that's about to kick off in an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> I might regret and, and take that out of the recording, uh, depending on the result tonight. Uh, for, for those who <laughs> are, are not aware, Chelsea lost was it three 0 against Leeds. Don't know, mate. No I idea. Think, what yeah. about. Uh and Liverpool play Man United. But just to just to go through some of those points there, because it's like it's not just one thing, is it? So, like the amount of things you've mentioned there, so social media, video, direct mail, knocking on doors, like there's yeah. a real picture of good old fashioned estate agency, but also yeah. with with uh, the new approach. And I was I was contemplating whether I should say this or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. What's the, what's the saying? Seek seek forgiveness, rather than permission. Is that a saying? I I saw Go with it. yeah I saw a estate agent and uh you'll know what I'm talking about and they said why on earth is James Kendall going out to all these properties and getting them on the market and we're not even being called to them and literally Mm. if you just had a list and it's like this is everything that is being done by James to win that business like you just described Mm. that list on the opposite none of that is being done no um So yeah. it's interesting what you said about again dumb beats perfect and taking action because you spoke about sort of james kendall tv eight years ago and then didn't do it but mm. over time you've you've started with you said something rubbish and you removed it from instagram whatever and, and progressively got one percent better all the time i think too too many people are chasing perfection and they let it get in the way of good and mm. you've just progressed, 100%. And progressed and progressed and um i guess you're you're your name is out there now as you know people looking at at it as social proof going well hang on a minute because you haven't you've just put something under offer but and and i don't i i hope this is not where you're gonna go that's a sale that fell through but haven't you just put something under offer had buyers that missed out and that was where another agent failed to sell it and that was a million
1: yeah 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 the they, they struggle to set the best offer they'd hand was 1.4 okay. and um we we put it on and, and the seller said look you know do you really think you can get what one point five over one point five? And we were like, Yeah. You know, and, and it was it was purely down. I mean, look, you know, obviously there's this there's skill in negotiation and marketing plans that you put together and unique homes sometimes do take longer to sell. But yeah, we agreed a sale at one point five five. So hundred and fifty thousand pounds more more than they'd had, you know, in, in their time of marketing, which is what, just over six months ago.
0: And what why why do you think that that was what had you done differently to achieve a sale and get that price is it what what you've just said about the 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 presenter-led tours and, and the video aspect of it
1: it's everything yeah i mean you know it, don't get me wrong you're only as good as the person that shows up to do the viewing because you know you it's all good you can spend the money on um the presenter-led tours you can spend the money on like producing the the, the bespoke brochures you can spend the money on the ph- photography, lifestyle, photo- you can spend, you know, four or five grand on making it look, you know, the bollocks for one of the better phrase. But then if an idiot turns up to do the viewing and turns up late, doesn't doesn't prepare for the viewing, doesn't yeah. tell people where to park, where to find it, yeah.
0: you
1: know, you can spend all this money getting people to the front door and monumentally fuck it up because yeah. you haven't turned up on time and you've sent the opportunity to do the viewings.
0: Yeah, I think uh, on that point, uh going back to to Tom Panos and uh and the Aussie side of of the industry he I came across something he'd said recently which he'd said previously and it came to the front of my mind again where he's like you can have the right buyer in front of the wrong agent mm, yeah percent. that was Tom Panos I heard that and he said what you were saying it immediately sparked that Tom Panos thing and I like I've said to agents since I heard that I was like you've got to get that in your communication with people is that you can literally have that right buyer. Cause unfortunately over the years I've, I can definitely think of several instances where I've taken a property on the market. I've explained to the owner, look, here's our T's and C's. You need to get a list from the other agent who they introduced Blah blah, blah, and a bit of a gray area there. We won't go into that. Yet, yeah. I've had people phone up and go, I want to buy this house. I viewed it through another estate agent.
1: Mm, i've I, I got
0: fed up of that happening going oh for god's sake not again because it opens up a can of worms but it's like it well, does, yeah. it's, you bought it through through the other agent it's like well we don't really like them or you know we were <laughs> negotiating and it just just stopped happening like we were the buyer and seller were apart but you brought it on and it's a different price and and all mm. or, or their positions changed. and again yeah i think it just emphasizes a point of right by a wrong agent and, and what you just said you can you can do all that prep work have an amazing cinematic uh you know video tour yet someone turns up and you know uh has the wrong keys or um doesn't turn mm. the lights on doesn't have a fire on in the in the living room in the winter or doesn't have a bifolding doors open in the summer so i think there's some really interesting points um that you make there um remind me are you 10 years now as james kind State estate agents or is it stopping- eleven? 11. Eleven, yeah. Um, I think this might be a podcast on its own. The question I'm about to ask, so don't go too too deep in it, James. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you had if you had your time again, you start start. Yeah. What's one thing you'd do differently?
1: Uh, do you know, what? I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to. Do you know what? Uh, one thing that wasn't around, or certainly wasn't, um, was all this information. None of this, imp- like this stuff that we're recording now and all the other podcasts that are around. Podcasts weren't the thing 11 years ago. There was, there was no real Facebook. Well, I, I, I didn't know of any anywhere, any Facebook communities, all that. There's so much like knowledge out there. And I think, I think the biggest mistake I made in the beginning was thinking that I knew it all mm-hmm. and, and, and thinking that I, I knew how to, A, how to run a business, because it clearly didn't, um, but B, how to sell houses. Like, I feel like I've learned more in the last three and a half, four years, than I learned in the last eighteen years, I've been an agent.
0: Yeah, incredible.
1: And, and that's yeah. I mean, one so one thing I would change, off the top of my head, and I know for sure, and it probably won't be the answer that everyone thinks it will be, would would have been my um, my marketing. I'd have been, I'd have spent my money in the beginning on a proper logo and a proper brand because I did it. Have you ever seen my first logo? Uh.
0: <laughs> I think you might have No, it.
1: let's leave it there. If I haven't, let's just leave it there because <laughs> it is fucking dreadful. It literally looks like, well, it's Microsoft Word, Microsoft Word, Word Art, a little house. Honestly, it was fucking dreadful. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm swearing, but it is, yeah, I can't, you know, it was, and I started out charging people £999 to sell the house, no sale, no fee. What the fuck is that all about? Yeah. But, anyway there we go that's that's
0: that's one thing i would have changed so on that point then you said you've learned more in the last three four years whatever it was and i know yeah. at, again the time money energy you've invested in various different things across this industry where when did that light switch flick like what was it what was the catalyst to go hang on a minute i need to change something here and then take you on the trajectory of, of where you've gone and, and are going
1: what it was is that um, so about four and a half, probably too much information here, but I don't give a shit. Four and a half years ago, um, I there was a big change in the business. But we were like everyone looks, everyone loves the right move pie chart, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there was it was four or well, four four of us basically, and in in the office. So me, a manager, and two negotiators. If you want to go old school, but four of us in the office. And we we were third on the, the pie chart for like twenty seventeen, I think it was. Um, and I think we'd sold a hundred and sixty houses in a year. Uh, and it was fucking exhausting. And our average fee was sixteen hundred and fifty quid. Have we done all this? We like, wait, we're on the pie, you know, we're not even first, but I mean numbers that we did of houses per staff member compared to what else there was locally, we were way outperforming everyone. But we're just busy fools, mm. and I, I and I'll be honest with you. I started to really hate the job, and I think this is why a lot of people leave the industry because it was like I'm doing all this work dealing with all these people that are just fucking moan all the time for 1600, 1,700 quid. I can't be dealing with it. So you either give up or get better. So I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to get better, and invested my time and energy, and I, and I you know I discovered various different trainers and different things and, and people on Facebook I started to fall in love with the industry again and decided that you know I want to you know there are certain agents that I'm competing with now I would never would have dreamed of competing with uh, years ago and our average fee is like nearly five times that now so we're doing yeah, all right, we're not we're not number one on the pie chart, but who cares? <laughs> I don't care. You know, it's turnovers vanity, profits sanity, yeah. isn't it? Is that is that the thing? Cliche.com. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the bottom line is is that I I got fed up of being a busy fool. I hated that. I, volume, low fee, high volume is not for me. If that's your bag and it works for you and it's profitable, high five to you, mate, because I can't do it. I, literally I, I do not love it. What I love is being able to you know it sounds corny as hell but have the relationship with the buyers and the sellers you know making a difference to people um you know and, and selling the kind of houses that i would aspire to live in myself
0: yeah i love that um some some actually quite inspirational stuff there james are you feeling all right <laughs> um right last last question for you uh as we as we end the podcast. Um, best piece of advice you've been given in your estate agency career fucking hell uh (laughs) it definitely wasn't don't swear i mean
1: (laughs) yeah because that clearly didn't go in did it um do you know what um there's there's one harsh piece of advice that i got that i've never forgotten actually and i probably wouldn't like to admit it but i'm going to anyway um so I've always been. I've always. I was always the joker of the class.
0: No, and I was
1: always. I know shock horror, um, but I was always the joker of the class. And when I when I worked at Countrywide, um, I went for a manager's job, and um, I, I, I was on paper because you know you know what it's like. It's a terrible way to promote people based <laughs> on their performance, but. I was I was a super high performer there. Um, you know, I, I, there was no way that technically, I suppose, if you're looking at performance, they're going to turn me down. But I was I was the joker of the pack. If that makes sense, and one of the area directors said to me, he said, "Look, you know, you outperform everyone else in that office. Um, you know, you're a great guy. You know, you clearly got plenty of confidence." Um, goes, but you know, if you're always the joker. People are never going to know, you know, if you are then now a manager, you're their manager and you're joking around, how are they going to know if you're ever going to be, you're ever going to be serious? So I can't remember what the exact piece of advice was and what the words was, but that was basically it. If you are joking around all the time, how how are people ever going to take you seriously? And that always kind of it hurt me because I was like, but that's me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I like to try and, you know, make people laugh and, you know, um, try and be the a fun guy. But at the same time, you know, it hit me hard because it's the truth as well, because, you know, from that time on in, you know, that's what, 20, 2010? From then on in, uh, not 29, 29, whatever, you know, 12, 13 years ago, that hit that hit me hard, and that, you know, yeah, it's not um, major business advice, but at the same time, I think it's good life advice because if you're always the joker of the pack, making people laugh, when you need to have them shit conversations with people, yeah. you know, whether that is you need to buck your ideas up or, you know, shit's happen with them at home or whatever. People are never going to know whether you're serious or not. Whereas, you know, you can still have that fun side, but your fun side needs to be kind of 20% rather than 80%. Like Flip it other way around.
0: Yeah. And is there, um, that's kind of, you said, advice that you've been given. Is there any further advice you would add onto anyone listening who, Maybe inspired by what you said in terms of going from a sort of high volume, uh, low fee agent to then competing with agents, you said you, you you wouldn't have dreamt of.
1: Yeah, I suppose to quote Richard Branson, "Screw it, let's do it. Just just crack, it, just do it. Like, don't think because you know you're you're a one man band or you're too small or you're too new that you can't do anything. Like, I always kind of whether rightly or wrongly say yes and figure out how to do it later so that that's probably been my best advice like say yes to opportunities and then figure out how to do it later
0: <laughs> yeah no but um, makes it makes a hell of a lot of sense i think i've said to you numerous times and and uh to lots of people i i accepted a, a job at home search for, and i didn't have a clue what i'd be doing <laughs> uh software I, engineer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah imagine uh you know my technical ability is not very good when it comes to it um but it was like i like i had a passion for it and and i believed in in the company and then obviously sam sort of heading it up and it was like yeah and and actually you said earlier you feel like you've learned more over the last four years than you had done the, the years prior to that uh I've been in this business now just over two and a half years so literally coming just for COVID. I've learned more in the last two and a half years than I did in my previous role of a dozen years. Yeah. So it's
1: crazy
0: isn't it? It is crazy. The
1: information's there like I'm, I I see myself as a student of the game now like every day like like you said earlier every day I'm probably listening to some form of form of podcast or audiobook for at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And you know so many people that I've never met in my life have had a massive influence on my day and my learning and I feel like there's there's so much I've learned so much even in the last year like so much you know from from Sam and Mark's pod. there's there's loads you know we could we could high five people all day until the cows come home but um there's loads of free information out there for people and you know people say they ain't got time it's absolute bollocks rather than listening to the top 40 on Spotify between your appointments stick a podcast on and then, you know, use that time, that dead space between appointments to, yeah. to learn.
0: And and I think on top of that as well, just a, a, a good ending point is the people who are probably listening to this podcast are already those people. you they haven't fallen asleep. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but they're already listening to podcasts. Now, now it's actually going out and taking action. Like you said, like information mm. with no ex- ex- execution is just absolutely, utterly worthless. Yeah, I like, gotta go out 100%. and do something with it. Like I've um, good example, I think actually is when I've shared data with you, uh, mm-hmm. like lead magnet addresses that have been searched, yeah, and direct mail going out to them, or withdrawn data, or the home improvement indicator list, or yeah, how about we send out some letters to properties we've got a bit of land with them, right? Yeah, had those conversations, you've taken action, you've got some great results from it. Yet yeah, there are so many other people I've spoken to who have had that exact same information and not taken action on it yeah
1: if you do nothing you'll get nothing
0: absolutely all right i think that is literally the perfect way to end this podcast james kendall (laughs) if you do nothing you'll get nothing so james thank you very much for being an amazing guest mate
1: no thank you mate thank you